Welcome to episode 51 of the Inside Bite. I'm your host, Tim Schaefer. I'm here with my co-host, Rudy. How are you doing this week? Hey, what's up, Tim? I'm great. I've had a lot of uh, big things happen in the last few days. It's been like a whirlwind, man. You know, you do so many like really great things in a few days and you're just exhausted. Like not in a negative way, but like just I've done so much fun stuff. I need to chill now. That's me today. <laughs> well, I'm kind of in that boat because I got uh, sunburned a little yet again. And I'm having oh, yeah. problems like laying down and sleeping. So I'm in oh, weird so positions. It's like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you had your birthday. There was also Father's Day. I saw some posts you're posting up of like people from your school and stuff doing a lot of things yeah. too. It was crazy. It was like, it was like, okay, so Thursday was my birthday, which was great. And like at school, my partner did all this stuff for me. It was, it was a really great day with the kids and everything, right? Then Friday, we had like a, end of the year party for like all the teachers which is nice to hang with teachers and not have kids around so that was great yeah then saturday like my wife took me out i got all these gifts and everything then sunday or sorry i missed one important thing i, I got my tenure at school on thursday as well on my birthday which I what's was what's that so basically after you work in new york state and i know some other states do it basically after you work for so many years um as a teacher in new york state you got tenure, which is basically like you're you're out of the probationary period. But it's it's a bigger deal okay. than any old job where like, hey, your probationary period is 90 days. This yeah. is like you have to do four years and you have to prove yourself. You know, okay. you look through all your records, your portfolio, everything. And they say, OK, we grant tenure to this teacher. And at this point now, like I got to really, really, really screw up to, to be <laughs> taken out of this job. Now. Well, you know? I didn't know you were four years <laughs> in. That's good. Yeah, nice. four years, man. Four years down. So, um, yeah, another big thing. And then finally, yesterday was Father's Day. So we both celebrated that one. But then my my daughter had a, a dance recital, too. Um, so that was really cool. So it's exactly. just been a great f- three or four days, man. It's been awesome. So, yeah, I did a cookout on the river on nice. Father's Day. And that was good. Oh, very Even, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have this intro segment, new birthday pickups. What's going on here? So speaking of my birthday, Tim was kind enough to get me a gift card. Thank you, Tim, again. Dave, friend of the show, also got me a gift card. And interestingly enough, uh, you guys both gave me a very nice amount for the gift card. So I was thinking, okay, between Dave and Tim, I'm going to get myself a game, right? But then one of my coworkers who knows nothing about video games at all, like she bought me a Steam gift card. And I was like, this is like, how did she even know about Steam? Like, what the heck? Like, so you, you got three. <laughs> yeah, I got three. Okay. And she nice. like, went, she like went all out. Like, so when I saw, I said her name and $50 Steam gift card. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, first of all, if someone who hasn't played video games gets you a video game thing, you know, they go to the store, they see like some Xbox card, you have a PlayStation or, you know, they yeah, have no yeah, idea. Yeah, either, yeah. Right? Exactly. The fact, so I, was, I mean, cause I Steam's shocked. pretty niche. On top of that, too, it's it's not even like a PlayStation or an Xbox. It's it's way nicher than that. So. Right, right. That's why I was so shocked. Yeah. So anyway, between her and you two guys, I got three, no, four games. I got Tunic, which I had been hearing a ton about from you and other people. I got Death Store, which I also heard a lot about what maybe like however long ago that came out. I don't know if it was like six months ago or a year. I can't remember. I bought Cuphead because I originally had Cuphead way back when it was on the Xbox marketplace. Yeah. And I want to play the DLC that comes out, what, in a week? And so you need the base game on Steam. So I got that on Steam. And then finally, I pre-ordered uh, Stray, which looks awesome. I can't yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So yeah, so I just wanted to briefly you know, mention those real fast. So I haven't played Stray, obviously, because it's not out yet. Cuphead, we all know and love, right? I just got that again. Love that game. But I want to focus on Death Store and Tunic. Like, man, these games are really good. And they actually have a lot of similarities from what I can tell. So did you mess around with them a little? Yeah. So I played both of them for about 
an hour and a half or so each. Okay, like, cool. I played Tunic last night. I played Death Store this morning. That's enough to at least get the general idea. Definitely, definitely. So I love a lot of things about these games. And it's kind of funny playing these games in tandem because most people probably didn't do that. So I'm really yeah. comp- comparing the two a lot to each other. There are some things I think I like way more about Tunic. Some things I like way more about Death Store. Like Tunic's, first of all, Tunic's overall look, I think it's fantastic. It looks so good. I love how it looks. It's beautiful. And remember how we had that conversation when I was playing Elden Ring on my Steam Deck and I kept saying like, it's nice, but eh, it doesn't perform that well and stuff. Yeah. Well, these games complete, it's like night and day. They run amazingly on the Steam Deck and the battery doesn't die in two hours, which is great. So to start off with the look of Tunic, I think it's great. It drew me in right away. Not to say the look of Death Tour didn't. I like it, but I like Tunic more. The openness off the bat of both games, it was like overwhelming, yes. but at the yes. same time, I kind of liked it. I felt very accomplished in Tunic, for example, because I started playing. I played for about an hour. And I found a sword. I'm like, yes, I found a sword. Like it was like a little victory, but it felt so good. I'm like, wow, I stopped using this stupid stick and hitting everything. Yes, yeah. So I beat a boss and then I started finding pages of the manual, which I thought that was a really cool mechanic like piecing together clues. So it does remind me a little bit of like the Souls approach in some ways, but also Zelda, of course. Yeah. You know, with the way the overworld is and everything. Um, so I'm really enjoying that game. It is very challenging, but to me, it's more challenging in the sense of I don't know where I'm going sometimes. which is completely lost. So I have hit areas and I haven't beaten Tunic, but I have hit areas in Tunic where it ramped up very much in difficulty. I wasn't expecting yeah. that. So heads up. I didn't think it was going to be like Death Door is actually a pretty challenging game. A lot of the yeah. way through it, sure. even when you fight the first boss, you kind of realize that. Sure. And with Tunic, I was like, okay, well, this is a lot easier and it's more about exploration. Well, that isn't necessarily true. The deeper you get in, do know right. it's a lot. It can be very similar to Death's Door. The further you get in, in terms of high action, really tough areas. So, yes. Yeah, I, I got to an area and they obliterated me. I'm like, okay, I must not be supposed to be here yet. Yeah. But I do kind of like, it is refreshing a little bit after playing Elden Ring for 100 hours that when I die, it's like, it doesn't seem that big of a deal. Yeah, like yeah, I, I lose yeah. some money or whatever. Either okay, game, whatever. it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say though, it's this might change as I go, but so far, I feel like Death Store is easier for me, the combat and stuff, so far. Tunic seems a little more challenging, but I also am pretty early in Tunic. I mean, I'm early in both of them, to be honest, but... um. Anyway, the point is, um, I would not have played these games had it not been yeah. for the random Steam gift cards and stuff. So thanks again, and um, I'm going to keep playing them for sure. They're the perfect Steam Deck game, so mm-hmm. they're great in that aspect. Which, it's about to hit July, and I'm about to soon be able to... I don't know. I, I keep Now I'm getting the point where I'm looking at my email, making sure I don't get the Steam Deck email, and make sure I have a reply to it. And all oh, that. man. God, it's I can't wait to get it. It's, it's July to September area, so... Who knows? What if it's like July 7th or something? I don't know. Yeah, so that, yeah. that will be happening soon. And yes, I'm going to start going down this rabbit hole of like, okay, well, what games are good for Steam Deck? <laughs> Trying to figure yeah. all that out. So Death Store, Tunic, great choices. Um, Danganronpa, I have, I have yeah. been wanting to play and never played it. Downloaded that. Runs amazingly. The number one thing I'm noticing, by the way, that I think is really stupid and very backwards is, okay, so out of all these games, Tunic, Death Store, they all have cloud support. Danganronpa. The Quarry, which I've been playing on my computer, has no cloud support. Why? Why can't I go back and forth between a new game in 2022 yeah. that has no, no cloud steam, no steam uh, cloud sync? That's crazy to me. 
so yeah, that's weird. Ender Lilies is another one that's great on Steam Deck. Um, even though it says not 100% compatible, but I've not noticed one thing. That's Clearly a ton of games say this right, and everyone right. says, oh no, it's totally fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'm trying to think if there's any other big ones. Devil May Cry HD Collection has no Steam Cloud support as well. Another, another baffling choice. Um, now that I'm done with the huge game that was Elden yeah, Ring on my yeah. Steam Deck, I'm starting to see that a lot of other games are going to be even better for Steam Deck, way better for it. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, man. So, pumped about those for sure. I wanted to go into before we get into news the PlayStation Plus tiers. It's been out now. It's been what almost a week. I think it came out the 14th or something. And I dug through the whole interface. So, so okay, here's what happened. I went mm-hmm. to see like, okay, what would happen if I did sub? I just wanted to do like a month so I could test it all out. Well, sure. it doesn't let me do that. It's really weird. Mm. So now that I have a year of PlayStation Plus, because who's buying monthly of just the normal tier? No one's really doing right. That. No, no, no. Yeah. So it forces you one if you have a year, you have to stay in the year. So right. it's saying, hey, I can pay fifty more bucks so I can get the premium or whatever. Or I can just stay where I'm at, but I, I can't go and buy a month of the premium. It doesn't allow me to do that. So one, that's just awful. And they, I guess they don't want money because you know how many people are going to be in the boat? Oh, that yeah. I'm in? They're going to totally. see 50, 60 bucks or whatever and be like, okay, well, I didn't want to do that. I was just trying to try it out. And right. they're basically blocking people from trying it out if they already have PlayStation Plus. It's so ridiculous. right now, that's already a huge mistake on their part in terms of trying to get subs. That's yeah. like, that's cutting it in half right there because most of the people subbing are people that's already in the ecosystem and most people have PlayStation Plus, you know. Yeah. So I thought that was like, whoa, that's way way bigger deal than I didn't I don't really see anyone talking about this and I'm like there's got to be tons of people in this boat of being like, well, I just want to try this out. I don't want to dedicate because again, like one, it's games I already own, stuff like that and it, there's not really new and the new stuff is the classics, but it's not really a great selection or whatever. So anyway, long story short, I was like, okay, well, there is something really cool about it. They're allowing you to buy a la carte individual games, not all of them, which is kind of weird when it comes to the classics. So there's like right. 12 classics and like six of them you can just buy individually. Now, I don't know why there's some you can, some you can't, whatever. But at least the ones I wanted, like like there's um, I bought Wild Arms, right? 10 bucks that game if i were to try to find that nowadays would be like 50 60 bucks or something like that you know what i mean so being able to get like cheap 10 dollars for like a deep jrpg one that i've never played i played wild arms 3 weirdly enough and apparently that's really bad and i i didn't like it either but the first one's supposed to be great so i was like okay 10 bucks and i want to i'll try out the emulation all that well it is far better than i was expecting it looks great runs great i'm like man and then the game itself wild arms i didn't realize it was as good as what it was this is top tier jrpg stuff here this is back at the prime of snes ps1 days of just another golden gym and uh i'm happy i have that playing through it the rewind function is phenomenal every it's so quick and easy to just like pop it up go back a few frames select again and there's no really like it's very smooth no loading anything like that the saving and loadings and the filter options and the way you want everything set up when it comes to display. It's all just really good, really thought out stuff. And I'm really happy on the emulation side there. I mean, they said they're going to put more content out. So I hope, you know, maybe six months from now, we'll actually have a really good selection, right? 
And then yeah. I'll be in a completely different tone to where I am right now on like, what is up with these games? Because right <laughs> now there's two, maybe three where I'm like, okay, but this doesn't really do much for uh, people getting excited, wanting to sub to something new because there's not really much here. But hopefully with time, it builds up and creates a snowball effect. And next thing we know, now this is like a fantastic place to play PS1 classic games. And it starts a, uh, a new spirit of maybe even more JRPGs being popular than ever, even though it's already been an upward trajectory. It really has. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. But man, I love Wild Arms. I was very shocked. I'm, I'm, I've been playing it the last like three or four days. I'm pretty far in. I'm about, I want to say 10 hours. I'm really, really, really loving it. It's, it's phenomenal. That's awesome. The graphics are really cool because I'm thinking Super Nintendo days when it comes to, to the graphical style of it. But since it's PS1, everything looks, a, it's a lot better graphical to tell in the style of, of Super Nintendo JRPGs, you know? So, like, yeah. the lighting effect would be a lot better or, like, the way buildings look and the way things are, even if it's in that style. It feels almost like I'm just playing a... Let's just say it'd be, like, an indie JRPG that would come out nowadays. Sure. That's what it more feels like. It feels very up-to-date and very good-looking. I'm very surprised. The funny thing about that is that so many of the great JRPGs that come out today try to do what the yeah, old really yeah. good ones did, you know? So that makes sense. Isn't this like Colin from Sacred Symbols? He goes crazy over this game, yeah, right? Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought so. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he, what, he, even he said Wild Arms 3 is trash and he was just forcing his way through it and didn't really <laughs> like any of it. And that was the only one I played. So I kind of judge preemptively the series on Gotcha. Okay. So I'm glad that like I'm hearing him crap on 3 and I'm like, okay, so maybe 1's good then. And it is. Right, right. I, yeah, okay. I looked up a bunch of reviews and stuff before I actually spent the ten bucks, and all I saw was nothing but this is one of the, the one of the best, you know. Gotcha. So I was like, okay, cool. But I am really disappointed in the fact of I can't sub for a month unless I buy a whole year, unless I drop my PlayStation Plus completely. But I'd have to have to wait for it to expire. I get, I don't know. I don't get it because mine won't expire until next year. Yeah, so I don't even know what to do. I don't. I I can't try the service if I wanted to. <laughs> you're like so actively weird? discouraging people from yeah because for me if i was interested in this and i got as far as you've gotten so far even just saying oh well i gotta do this this is i'd be like i'm done i'm, mm -hmm. I'm just gonna keep playing whatever i'm playing that's it <laughs> now i'm forced to spend 50 just so i could see what this is about and then what if i'm like not happy with it what do i do now like <laughs> i yep. can't get my yep. refund anyway that's annoying I don't know. That's that's very bizarre choice there, and they definitely got to fix that. Yeah, so. that's very strange choice. But yeah, let's get into the news here. Uh, I wish you could have saw this. So this first piece, Stalker Two Dev Diaries. They did a game development during the war sort of piece. It's about four minutes long. It's not too long, but they Check basically go over. They show while they're working on the game. Let's say like six months to a year ago, just how their offices were, the parks nearby, blah, 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 just showing everything being happy and good. And then it right. cuts to like war and all these buildings being destroyed all around them. How they had to evacuate the offices, how like everything just went to complete crap, you know, cause they're working up in Ukraine and man, it, it hit way harder than I was expecting in terms of it's really sad, really down sort of bit there. It's hard to watch. I mean, and they got warnings before being like, 
hey, you know, just so you know, this is depicts a war. You may not want to watch this if you got kids around or whatever. And then a lot of the developers were people in uniform with, uh, you know, a big machine gun thingy or just basically hoarded themselves in some tiny little room and with just a single computer trying to do work on the side. But there was so many of them still working on the game under these conditions where all around them buildings are destroyed. They are like in some random basement trying to continue to work on this game. And they're all just sending each other files over the internet while, the, while their whole homeland is just being destroyed. And it was, it was really intense stuff. If you can handle it and stomach it, I would recommend watching it because you can, I'm gonna really, watch it. You can really see just how dedicated they are. And I was, I was shocked. I'm like, dude, it's, it's, I'm thinking in my head, look, it's not that important. It's just a video game. Like you should like, just make sure you're good. But at the same time, that's, it's, it's what they love. It's their entire life. Like they, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and this is probably keeping them going, you know, difficult times, you know, to know that they're going to make, and the game looks damn good. So I think uh, that will definitely be a purchase, you know, uh, that I'll definitely be getting. So I think I said it in an earlier episode, but now even more than ever, when this does come out, I mean, this is going to cause a huge shake. I mean, regardless of the quality of the game, there's going to be a lot of people so just curious and wanting to try this out. And it's, I mean, it's going to do a lot of good for them in the end, regardless of what the conditions of the world going on right now. And, um, and I think that's also what's pushing them through is like, it's better than doing nothing, I guess, you know? Right, right. Of course. No, this is probably doing something for them, you know, keeping them, It'd probably be worse if they just stopped doing what they're passionate about, you know? Yeah, so. yeah. But yeah, it's a really, really great watch. And what I realized too, they showed it during, so Xbox had their show that day. Well, the day after on Tuesday, they had a extended show where they went deeper into certain games. And one of them was this. And they also showed a new trailer for it as well. So you should watch that too. But there's also, they went way deeper into that other Rick and Morty game as well, which is really, oh, yeah. really cool to watch because you got to see a lot more of the gameplay there. It's awesome. Yeah. And they put this game development during the war bit inside of that show. And they put it right there at the end. And the, uh, what's her name? Mm. It's like a lead at Xbox, Sarah, Sarah Bond, I think it's her name. Anyway, okay. she was she was like crying on stage going over this because she sure. she felt really bad, like because she's been in talks with the team this whole time. Right. And they're all pretty much just a lot of their families that haven't even seen in months because they don't even know where they're at and stuff like that. People in the team. Of and, course. Yeah. And so it's really shaking up. Even even Xbox higher ups are now involved in this chaos and they're very emotionally invested at this point so i can't it, wait it, man it's it's wild anyway yeah, as long as, as long as everyone's okay that's the important thing obviously and then we'll get our game when we get it i guess yeah i'm not i'm not too concerned about getting yeah. our game at the moment but i mean i even more highly respect somebody just still working on a project even though everything is crashing down around them it's of course you know, yeah totally agree next up here after revealing Resident Evil Village has sold over 6 million copies worldwide, Capcom revealed a gold edition is on the way. 
boosting a number of notable additions. First up is a new story expansion called Shadow of Rose, which puts Rose in the lead for a mind-bending journey of discovery. In this story, Rose, who is the daughter of Ethan, is in her teens or 20s. From the outset mm. of play, you learn she's struggling with her powers. To try and control them, she enters the consciousness of the Magamite site. Do you know what that is? Was that? I, I didn't beat Village. I, I beat it, but I want to say... Yeah, I'll tell you in a second. I'm pretty sure I know what that is, but I want to be sure. It's a super organism that Mother Miranda found. After yes, that's what they used. Okay, well, I don't want to spoil it or anything, but towards the end of the game, you come across this, this okay. sort of... Okay fungal is thing. it a new organism that they created um like villains see, that part i don't know if it was created or if she just found it, it says that she found okay, it okay 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 so she enters the cautiousness of this and mm -hmm. then that's where the madness begins time and space are warped and she sees someone that looks just like her the entire game is set from the third person perspective okay um which they further say it basically controls like Resident Evil two and three in terms of the sorts of the over the shoulder. You can see the character while shooting. It, it looks sure. like that. Are we going to get the ability to get this separately? I'm assuming. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's gotta be right. Um, if you have the gold edition, you'll get this. Otherwise you just buy it on the side either way. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. Right. Capcom is adding that new viewpoint to the core game, allowing players to see Ethan and experience the game much like Resident Evil 4 with over-the-shoulder aiming. That's cool. And yeah, that's what's cool. neat, too, is I didn't beat Village. I kind of, I've been needing to hop back in, right? And I'm going too soon. I'm kind of wondering, do I play it in first person or do I play it in third? Because now that this third person is going to be a thing, honestly, I'd prefer to play in third person. If it that was, is kind of cool. If it was up to me. And hey, might as well just do that then, since the option's going to be here. Yeah. So uh, the multiplayer mode is launching the same day as the content for free. The content is releasing October 28th. Lastly, Mercenaries mode is getting fleshed out with new missions and playable characters like Chris Redfield, Alicia. I don't even want to say her last name. I guess it's one of the oh the, of the sisters. That's the yeah yeah. I don't remember which one that is. And Carl Heisenberg. Lady Demetresti stands in at over nine feet in height. I don't know why I wanted, <laughs> wanted to restate that for the millionth time. If you already played the Resident Evil Village, you won't have to buy this gold edition, and you will just and you will just need to get the new Winter's, Winter's expansion, expansion. Okay. which contains all three editions. All right, sweet. So there's I'm that. in for that. I mean, that's a lot of stuff. That sounds actually really cool. Also, I kind of want to play Village only for Mercenaries mode because I love Mercenary mode. It's so much four. fun. Yep. And I would love to play it in Village. I, I Did you even mess around with Mercenaries mode? I tried it briefly in Village. It just wasn't the same, man. It wasn't as good. It wasn't anywhere close okay. to the same okay. level. Like, you remember Resident Evil 4. That, that I played was it. I mean, I put dozens and dozens and oh dozens my God. of hours was in that thing. It was a great mercenaries yeah. mo mode in Resident Evil 4. That was probably the last really great one. I think 5 had a okay. pretty good mercenaries mode, if I remember correctly. Um, but yeah. You know what I want to do is I want to boot back up that Wii version because I have a ton of fun with that one. I kind of want to play through yeah. media and that before the remake I comes out. I love that version. Love that yeah. version so much. It's so good. I was like, wow, this is so great. But what I'm thinking too, I want to play mercenaries mode with the Wii mode. Do you know how fun that would be? 
Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's so many <laughs> people who, who crap on the Wii and everything. And they think, they think of like Resident Evil 4 on the Wii when it came out, like, Oh my God, that's the crappy version. And then if no. you actually play it, you realize that it is probably the best version of out yes. there. The aiming is, is amazing. It's so good. I was so satisfied. I went back and played it on a Wii and it being far better than I ever thought it was going to be. Oh yeah. It's great. At the time. I mean, I remember loving it, but it's, it's weird to go back now. You know, I went back just sort of mess with it. And I was like, Whoa, no, this, this is better than any current motion stuff that we have. Uh, this yep. is phenomenal. So that was, that's cool. Next up here, your character in Starfield will not have a voice. The return of the silent protagonist. This is phenomenal news. Great news. I don't know. People that aren't in the scene with Bethesda may be like, that's kind of weird or whatever. They do it on purpose. Mm -hmm. So in Fallout 4, that was their first time that they did a voice protagonist. The problem is you have to greatly reduce the amount of content that you would otherwise have in an RPG. Because now you have to have lines and you have to have a bigger story beats all focused around the individual themselves. It's not being an avatar you, but it's being a character inside of the world. And you lose a lot of the freedom and a lot of the RPG elements when you have to play as a separate character in a game like this. So a lot of people were really down on Fallout 4 because of that. And so they listened to people and brought back, no, we're going to have them silent again. Because of that, now they can do this next bit here. So the main quest jumping religion and all runs at approximately 30 to 40 hours which is 20 percent bigger than his past games so if you mainline it in a past game you were usually about 20 to 30 hours this is more like 30 to 40 so with skyrim it had about 60,000 lines of dialogue fallout 4 had about 111,000. well this is going to have over 200,000 lines of dialogue. That is really impressive, but it just made me think that D- Disco Elysium has over 1 million lines of dialogue. I can't I can't wrap my head around that. Anyway, just a little tidbit. If you want yes, if you want to play a yes. game where you read a lot, now you know which one to play. <laughs> that's cr- that's great though. I'm glad yeah. they have, yes, they have yes, so much yes. That is compared to most games that is huge, so. Oh yeah. Yeah. You won't be able to fly starships between planets in space. They did say that. So, like, whenever you leave from a planet, it's basically going to, like, do a little scene to where you're leaving from the planet. Now you're in space, and then you get control again. You aren't controlling that transition there. Uh, They basically were just saying they were having a really difficult time getting that running well, and it was taking far too much effort to get such a small little thing done. We just got to stop this. We need to focus on the rest of the game. And, you know, maybe they can go back to this when they when the game's out and they really got nothing else to sort of do. And maybe they can just sort of work on that again. But I mean, if it's taking that much effort, I say, yeah, cast it aside, work on what's most important. I don't I don't I don't give a crap if I can see that transition or not i don't know i don't think it's that big of a deal and they were having way too many hardships with it i'm guessing because whenever you're in space right you have to it's a new scene of like where you're going the different planets in the space and you want a you want it to be a different moment like okay in mass effect when you're on a planet right you sort of have everything rendered of that planet when you go somewhere else it's not like you want everything loaded from every planet or something like that you need to be able to have it almost booting into something new whenever you're in space compared to when you're on a planet it makes sense um it'd be be too dumb to try to have both working at the same time the game would chug and it would just not be worth it yeah it would be a complete mess i hope they stay away from that this time that's the number one thing they will have to try to avoid that's what everyone's saying detracting from starship (laughs) yeah 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 
They also claim that it has the most handcrafted content of any Bethesda game. Um, all of this stuff is from after the show. There was a interview with Ryan McCaffrey interviewing Todd Howard and asking more questions and blah, blah, blah. So we got a lot more detail. They was also going into what I was guessing on the last show. I was like, well, you know, in previous games, it was perceived generated when it came to Oblivion, when it came to whatever, but they just added content on top. Well, they did confirm they're doing the same thing with Skyrim. So when people say a thousand planets, right? It's all perceived as generated thousand planets. And then they go in after the fact and add stuff here, or add stuff there. But he also said many of those planets aren't going to have anything on it. And it's not meant to. It's like real space. You may find a planet that's just ice right. and nothing more. Right. And hey, you could go there and maybe mine ice materials. And that could be its purpose and nothing more. They did specifically go into that and mention that. I think that does alleviate a lot of my fears on like, well, as long as we have about, let's say, 10 to 20 planets, right, that does have a bunch on it. And then there's a lot of other planets to just have whatever materials and nothing more. I'm cool right. with that. I don't want them trying to spread it out across every planet, trying to put stuff in everything. And then now it's just not, it's way more shallow than it would be otherwise. So, well, remember, remember Mass Effect? We had like what, 10 planets to explore? And I, I feel like I still didn't have time to see everything. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, I think it'll be completely fine, man. I think sometimes when they put numbers out like that, people start. I don't know. They just let I mean, it get to their good head. good reason, like, only because of No Man's Sky basically sure, sure. tarnished a lot of people. Because they're like, what? I mean, they said something ridiculous. Far it was like <laughs> they really it was did. like millions <laughs> of planets or something <laughs> stupid. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they went like, crazy okay. anyway <laughs> the more i'm hearing the more i'm like okay 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 it's it i shouldn't be that worried i mean i'm still gonna have a critical eye we'll see of course that. but a lot of my fears are alleviating as as yes. more details come out it sounds really good man I'm, I'm looking forward to it we're gonna see what happens they confirmed the redfall campaign progress is going to be tied to the host in the co-op so Whenever you join co-op with friends, your progress isn't going to continue with theirs. It's only going to be the host that continues the progress, which... Not the first time. I mean, a lot of games do that. I don't know. I mean, there's pros and cons to both. Like, a lot of times I would want that. Like, if I'm working on stuff, my own, and somebody joins me and helps me on my progress, cool. But I don't want to join someone else's game, and now the progress I was working on is now also being done in someone else's game. And I may have wanted it to go differently in my own game. You see what I mean? Sure. No, I understand. I for me personally, I would always prefer to have the um the progress go for both of us, only because whenever I choose to play a game with someone, we do like the whole thing together. But I understand why some people would not want that. So I, I've just seen I've already had this experience so many times where it doesn't go in both games. So I'm already used to this, unfortunately. <laughs> like dying light did that. Yeah, I don't want that. Uh there's too many times to where like, oh, a friend will get on and we can play. But 90% of the game, I was playing by myself. And now the very moment that I go and start playing with him, now stuff starts changing in my game. And I don't like sure. that. Yeah, so, I get it. So, yeah, there's both sides to it. And there's no wrong or right way to do it. But to me, I like this. But I could totally get the other side to where they're like, oh, right. now I'm going to do it again. You know, right, right. Yep, yep. <laughs> just depends on your play style really i guess yeah 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 i mean how can a company fix this overall do you think it's always a choice maybe there's a way to maybe toggle on and off of like yeah you want I, progress to continue work, or right? not maybe they could just add an option in there yeah because that way everyone everyone wins no one's upset about it you know yeah they so. could do that 
I don't see why we, that couldn't be an option. Dust falls, new details. That's that. Uh, looks like real life, but it's like motion pictures that just sort of like flash on the screen. You don't, remember you were saying it doesn't actually move. Yes, yes. Unless you get in the vehicle and all that. The Had like weird, the comic book. <laughs> yes, yes. Comic booky thing going on. People were able to play it over the weekend. They had an event. I think it's like it's the Destiny event. Destiny created this little side thing to like con where a lot of people join up. And then over the few years, it's converted to other games also be in there and stuff like that. It's almost like this little mini sort of like GSX or something. Yep. But a lot of people got to play this and we learned a lot more details on it. And now it sounds really cool. So it basically, it's a fast paced decision about every 30 seconds when you're playing the game. And up oh, to eight people okay. can join you and they can join through the console with another controller. They can join through their phone. They can join through another PC. They can join through Twitch and help make decisions for you. That is actually really cool. Okay. Either the majority wins, right? Every time it hits with the new decision, everybody votes and then it happens. Or if, if you're the main person playing and you don't like what the crowd pick, you can use an item that puts your weight over the rest of theirs, but you only have a handful of those to use. So you got to be real careful with that. So as you're playing through the game, you could also lay that down and be like, no, what I say goes, right? You have limited resources of that. So it sounds really fun on like... That does sound cool. They showed like a map. I think they showed it even during this presentation. And I was saying like, oh, it's like Detroit become human because it was like, like a huge like spider web of like different outcomes that would come out of each scene or whatever like that. So I'm getting the point of this game now. It's it's a very like a bunch of people join you and you try to see what happens. So uh, it has like a MMO feel to it a little bit, kind of, even though if, <laughs> if it's not, I guess, because everyone yeah. can make decisions and play together. Okay. I mean, that's, that sounds cool to me. Something that worth checking out. And it's got to be on game pass, right? So yeah, yeah. easy way to, uh, to just give it a try. So, um, and also clearly you'd be able to join someone else playing and then just help make decisions. And it's not like you'd have to buy yourself or anything to do that. So that would be a fun game to where like, Oh, a friend has it and you just want to hop on and like help make decisions with him. You know? Sure. Yep. Yep. Um, that sounds great. Digimon Survive launches July 29th for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. They released a new trailer. Uh, basically, it is a tactics Digimon game. So I was like, okay, that looks kind of new and different or whatever. Not too much else to say on that. Hmm. New details. Persona 3 Portable, Persona 4 Golden is also coming to PlayStation as well. So it wasn't like, it wasn't Xbox exclusive. It was just right. Game Pass. But some people were confused about that, so it's good to clear yeah, that up. I can see how they might be a little confused at the, in the moment, you know? Uh, Dragon's Dogma 2 was announced uh, on a 10-year anniversary video. Did you ever play this, the first one? I've never played it. I've always heard great things. Either. Thing. Never got a chance to play it, though. I do want to play it, but on console, either PlayStation or Xbox is still locked to 30, so I need to play it on PC if I'm going to, but right. I got so much to play. I, I doubt I'm going to. Maybe I just hop into two if I, if let's say it gets crazy reviews and everyone loves it. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't know. I don't, I don't really care. I don't really have too much interest in it. I don't really even know what it is necessarily. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I've I've heard it's like one of those games where you keep hearing how great it is. You have no clue what it's about. You've never looked up a video. That's literally, <laughs> that's literally me. Yeah, yeah. Very <laughs> remember during the showcase, it was like it was kind of a short video, but he like walks. He was like walking down 
an escalator and then there was like a robot that popped up at like the bottom of the stairs Mm -hmm. basically it's called the invincible during the showcase that following day they actually went in depth and showed a lot of gameplay on this game and man you should you should click that just skim through it right now it's it looks way cooler than i thought this game was gonna be I always like when that happens when you miss a game and then you get to play the uh, the next version as your first game. Like, the, oh, now I'm going to go back and play, you know, whatever, you know? Yeah. That's always nice. The Invincible. Let me see here. This looks, wow. It almost looks like, like looks awesome. Star Wars. Like you're on a desert planet in Star Wars. Is the I would definitely I play this. Is it kind of like a, like a walking sim kind of thing? Is it sort of like that? I think there's action. There's definitely action. There's definitely shooting. Yeah, this looks really cool. Babe, that does look good. Definitely not trying to say that in any negative way. There's plenty of really yeah, good yeah, things yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. Interesting. That looks cool. I don't know. It looks like there's a lot more interaction with things in the environment in this game. It's almost like, you ever play Mist? Way back in the day. Um, okay. I don't remember that much about it, but yes. I did giving play me Mist vibes. But. Okay. Last year announced today, actually, Nintendo announces Xenoblade Chronicles 3 direct for this week. Tune in cool. 6.22 at 7 a.m. Pacific time for a live stream of Xenoblade Chronicles 3. The direct presentation featuring roughly 20 minutes of information about the upcoming RPG for Nintendo Switch. Very cool. Um, this is cool. Now, the issue with this is, well, this for sure means there won't be a direct coming because why would they say this and not a normal direct? Well, right? stranger things have happened. I don't know. I've seen, I can't remember what year it was, but I have seen where Nintendo announces a direct specific to a game. And then there's another direct three days later. Like I have seen that happen really? before. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I couldn't okay. tell you when it was, but I know for yeah. sure it's happened. And it's Nintendo we're talking about who is the most unpredictable okay. company okay. on the face of the planet. <laughs> so I yeah, hope, I hope yeah. that's the case, but you never know. Let's get into what we're watching, what we're playing. Sure. I know I already mentioned it briefly, but um, well, I'll talk about the quarry first. So the quarry is a, a you know, ult, excuse me, Until Dawn's basically spiritual successor by Supermassive. It definitely reminds me of Until Dawn in many ways. Um, some things I like better, like the performance of it, the graphics look better. Uh, some things I don't think are as good so far. Like it feels like there's less interaction than there was in Until Dawn. But man, this game is beautiful. It looks like a movie. It's kind of crazy, to be honest. It has like the whole, hey, we're all camp counselors. We're going to the camp at night. And let's all, you know, I'm in the beginning. I'm on chapter one or two where it's like, everything's fine. You know, some interactions between the, the people. This guy likes this girl. You know, all that's movie stuff. Yeah. That you always see. Um, but I can tell it's, it's going to be gearing up for something really good. So I'm hearing so many conflicting, like some people love it. Some people mm-hmm. hate it. I don't know. I guess I just got to play it myself. But I was so yeah. on the fence with this. I don't know. I don't know what to do. But I guess yeah. I'll, I'll, I don't know. I'll hear from you. Let me yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. So, keep updating us and sure. I'll see what I think, I guess. And you can access it, right? It lets, it lets you play it, right? From my oh, library. True, true, true. Yeah. True, true. So there yeah, you go. I'll you just do that. Like never that. mind. Never mind. Yeah. To me, it seems like it definitely has potential. Like it's going to get there. I'm okay. just not far enough yet. So okay. I'll report back on that one. Oh, um, one more thing. The query. Mm-hmm. This was supposed to be a Stadia game. Yes. And then yes. eventually got canceled there and then put on other platforms <laughs> freaking, and all that. Freaking Stadia. Yeah. One day, no one's going to have any idea what Stadia ever was. It's going to be a lost, <laughs> a lost relic. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. I just need to, what I'm getting annoyed at myself about is like this last week's been so busy. Death Door, Tunic, I can jump in and out of those games. The quarry, like I've turned it on today and I was like, wait, who's Jacob? Who's Emma? <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Like I, I just kind of got lost a little bit, you know? So I got to make sure to, to consistently play that. I want to play that one hopefully this whole week, play it and beat it. So yeah, so I'll get back to you on that one. Tunic and Death Door, I know I talked about already a little bit, but I just want to mention too, the way I'm going to play these games, I think is... The way I usually do with my Switch. My Switch is like my portable game for the time, you know? Yeah. So I think whenever I'm, I don't know, I'm out in the living room, I'm out somewhere out, um, that's not home, whatever, I'll probably play these games. I don't think I'm going to be playing them all the time at home. Although I did fire up Tunic and Dev Store on my computer today, and man, it's so nice looking and everything. They are pretty so, games. I mean, whether you're playing are. on a small screen or on a big screen, they're, mm-hmm. they're beautiful mm-hmm. either way, yeah. It looks so good on the Steam Deck, though. I'm, again... If you're get if you just got a Steam Deck or you're getting one soon, don't be deceived by the fact that you're trying to play this big AAA huge game <laughs> on your Steam Deck and maybe it doesn't run the best because these games run amazingly on it. So, and yeah, I didn't have to like it was nice to play for an hour and check my battery and it was still over half. Like yes, nice. Like Elden Ring, that would have been like thirty percent left. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I'm gonna keep playing those. Um, only other thing is I've been watching this show Miss Marvel. Right, it's a new the new uh, Marvel show now. All the Marvel shows that have come out until now have been more on the serious side. I I I would view it that way. Like, okay, Loki, for example, yeah, it has comedy and stuff, but there's like a overarching story. There's some stakes and stuff, right? Same thing with like WandaVision, all this. Miss Marvel to me seems more like the boy meets world of these shows. It's like okay. the coming of age story about this girl. She's discovering her powers, but it is definitely more, I guess, kitty would be the right word. But I'm still enjoying it. Lighthearted. It's lighthearted, but not only that, too. Okay, so have you ever seen a show where they, like, uh, like as she's saying things, it gets scribbled on the screen? Yeah. It's, 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 it's hard to explain, but if you watch an episode, you'll see what I mean. It definitely is aimed at a younger audience. Put it that way. Kind of um, like uh, the first Life is Strange kind of vibe? Kind of. Kind of. Yep. Yep. That's a good comparison. Uh, but that being said, I'm enjoying it. I'm watching it with my son. We're enjoying it. It's cool. Like... I don't know. She just seems more uh, like a real young girl who is okay. discovering her powers. You know, I think they did a good job on that. But I, I have a suspicion a lot of people will not watch this one because of the the feel of it. So okay, we'll see. I'm enjoying watching it with, the, with my kids, so I'm gonna keep going. There are two episodes in. It's pretty interesting so far, and I wonder if they're gonna do like a movie or something based off this. But um, but yeah, no idea. So uh, overall, when it comes to the recent Marvel shows, like WandaVision and onwards anything yeah. that's sort of released as a whole like are you happy with what they've been putting out in terms of tv shows like do you um, yeah i think it's i think it's pretty good um it's definitely not none of the shows have been to me like how i feel when i've watched some shows that are like some really really oh my god i can't like when i watched ozark for example okay none of these shows compare to that in my opinion not I think, like breaking bad or ozark no no or no no better call Saul stuff like that no not even really. close i think these shows are good shows they're fun to watch they tie together with the the mcu and everything yeah okay cool but definitely i'm not going to be watching uh uh, WandaVision and talking about it five years later. Oh my god, I can't okay. believe the way that, that they acted this scene out. No, nothing like that. So I they're definitely you. worth watching, though. I think. So. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Especially if you want to be caught up on the movies and stuff. Like a bunch of people watched <laughs> Doctor Strange <laughs> and they didn't watch WandaVision. They're like, "What the heck is going on?" Yeah, right now? Yeah. So I mean, I loved WandaVision, but even I there, that, I still yeah. I still agree with you. Like, it's still nothing. Um, I don't know. It's like yeah, it's, it's yeah. like good, but it's nothing that 
I'm going to keep champion and begging right, right. to watch and all of that. Right. Like, no, you got to see, you don't understand, bro. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> that's that's kind of that. that's kind of <laughs> how I feel about it. And I, I want to. Sorry, last thing. I want to watch um, the Buzz Lightyear movie. I just haven't gotten a chance to watch it yet. But I want to. Yeah, check yeah, that yeah out. me too. Me too. Yep. I mean, reviews. I'm seeing some like it's basically staying in like the seven and eights and stuff like that. Okay. Doesn't look too crazy, but I mean, I'm, st- I'm still gonna watch it. Yeah, maybe I'll uh, go to the you know what I loved? I loved the '90s cartoon. I used to watch it all the time. It was like Buzz Lightyear Star Command, I think is what it was called. Oh yeah, okay. It was dope. I've probably rewatched each episode when I was like <laughs> early teens, um, over and over and over again. It was one of my favorite shows. I don't know. That was also very like in the time frame of like Spider Man animated show, Batman animated show, and Superman right. and all that mess. And it's been a long time since I found a good superhero sort of like a cartoon thing that I really, really like. Recent ones like DC has been phenomenal in this department. Yeah. Yep. But I haven't really seen anything Marvel wise. Like nothing really comes close to like the Spider Man cartoon or the X Men cartoon. Oh, man, they don't the really best. have anything like that nowadays. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I really wish Marvel would do something like that. I agree. I agree. Uh, it seems like Marvel is better at the output in quantity. Like they have many good shows, mm-hmm. while DC is like way less amount of it. But the ones that they do put out, people seem to go crazy over. Like they're yeah, really, really yeah, so, yeah. It's interesting. Anyway, that's all I got for now. I've been playing Maple Story Legends. So Maple Story. Well, okay. Well, Legends is basically just a private server somebody made trying okay. to get into the origins of maple story before they changed it and now when you play maple story in 2022 it's completely other beasts it's not very good a lot of people are like cart maple stories trash whatever and everyone's trying to go back to the earlier days of it where it was like top tier <laughs> and um i grew up on this game so way back i mean you're taught dial-up days like aol and the messenger days so it's a 2d mmo and right. you were able to play it on dial-up because again it's just 2d art and there's not really anything too much that it seemed to keep up with in terms of having a, a high speed enough internet to keep it along. But the very moment you go into 3D, I remember Preston Tell was a game. It was like during that time, like right when Dialp was sort of ending, but it went 3D. But everything was very laggy, really choppy and all of that. Really couldn't handle it. So I remember just always playing MapleStory because it was the only sort of like online MMO you could really play where you right. wouldn't have any issues. And that was the core reason why I started playing it. Next thing you know, you know, you play it for like two years straight and hundreds of hours later, probably thousands of hours later and you're level 80 and it takes you literal like three months to get from like level 80 to 81. (laughs) And there's just so many memories. Like even when it comes to the music, I get nostalgic as crap. When I hear a Maple Story song, it's almost like me hearing a Super Mario World song or something. Right. The same sort of like things are like, oh man, it's so great. So I was like, man, I really, I just keep getting nostalgic over Maple Story. 
but I can't really play it because it doesn't really exist anymore. Like they've changed it too much. And that's the problem when it comes to online games as a whole, them changing stuff as go along, you lose a lot of the original appeal. And that's always been a struggle with any video game ever created when it came to online and trying to keep the, you know, the original intact as much as you have without changing too much and getting people to fall off and eventually just dying because of all the changes. I remember right. a very big example of the star Wars uh, galaxies was one it was like one of the greatest mmos and then they changed too much of it and then eventually died because no one liked the current situation of it so maple story fell under that so i finally i kept digging looking up finally found this maple story legends where it gives you the same exp rate as the original game did because there's other ones out there of like these private servers but they'll give you five times experience so like you'll play 30 minutes and I'm already like level 25 and I'm like well that's this is kind of pointless this is just like OP and it's kind of boring I want the real grind I want the real struggles you know like it's almost like getting cheat codes to a game and you just can't enjoy it the same way I don't want to feel powerful so anyway so it's been really 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 great uh, to play this legends and anyone who's has memories of maple story I mean there is millions of them out there so there's got to be one hearing this Maple Story Legends, give it a shot. And okay. hey, maybe you already know of it because you were struggling to find this as well as me. And <laughs> I've thought of this many times, but I've always just been like, well, you know, that's just a time and place thing. And, you know, I'm just going to move on. But now that I took in the work and started it, I'm like, no, I'm really happy I did this. This is phenomenal. This is so good to play. And so I'm really, really happy with that. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge. It hit Game Pass. I mean, I was going to get this, play this anyway, but it maybe not like day one. You know, like I'll get around to it. It looks fun. It looks cool. But since it hit me, it's like, well, might as well give it a shot now. This game is way, way, way better than I was expecting. Okay. This, this is phenomenal stuff here because it's not just a basic beat em up to where you're just sort of mashing buttons and whatever happens, happens, and there's no real strategy. In this game, you have like a, a dodge. Like It's like you can roll out of the way of attacks. Uh, okay. There's a lot more room to move around in. And there's a lot more like combos and counters and dodges and there's so much more involvement in this game to where now it has a way higher ceiling of like skill level that you can use and it also allows up to six players whether you're online or offline i've been playing it with my son it's been really really fun so i have the super nintendo classic i did mod it we have like the turtles in time or whatever and it's sort of fun you know we played it a few times but you know, it's like, eh, it's kind of like a little boring now. That's why I wasn't really too excited about this because I'm like, well, I have apparently the best version of all of this and it's still just like, eh, you know, like it's good, not great. But this is like, I, I'm seeing a lot of reviews sitting in like the eight range or whatever. but And I'm a little shocked by that because I think this is the best beat-em-up I've, I've ever seen. I mean, there's so That's much great. depth to this game and there's so many levels or so many content of like, finding stuff throughout the level for like extra side missions and stuff they've really put in a ton of work and a lot of replayability and unlocks and like you could play this game for a really long time and have like i think it's phenomenal this is i was so shocked at the quality of this there's no there's no cross play or anything as i'm assuming there is there is there is oh switch pc playstation all of it 
They all play with each other. That's good news. I yes. see now that makes me so for all of those people who say cross play, no one cares <laughs> about that. This makes me impossible to probably play with my brother then because he has been he likes beat em ups like this. We played like Streets of Rage together like this. So yeah, and and I love Streets yeah. of Rage four, dude. This game is far above that. Okay, I'm okay. telling you right now, like, and I love Streets of Rage four. I'm a big Streets of Rage fan, but again. There's only so much you can do with a beat em up, or so I thought. So I played this, and I'm like, oh, okay, they're doing way more with this than than I ever imagined. I'm so shocked at the quality of this. It's the same people that did the Streets Race for as well. Oh, hold on. It says uh, at launch, it has crossplay between PC and Xbox. It's coming for PlayStation Nintendo, which that's so oh, okay, dumb. okay, okay. But come on, man, PlayStation Nintendo, you guys are slacking. <laughs> it's always like that, right? Oh my god. Anyway. But hey, PC. I mean, what is what is he on? He's on PlayStation, so ah, it's all right. I'll wait a little while. It's all right. Okay. It's common though, I guess. So. Yeah, no, that that is really cool. Ninja Gaiden Three, Razor's Edge. I'm playing through this because uh, did the whole spill last of like trying to figure out all different versions of blah blah blah. But this is a 4K 60 Ninja Gaiden game, and Very I cool. went to just I was just checking out to see how it looked, how it ran, or whatever. But I got sucked in. I'm not okay. playing it a ton, and I, I really didn't plan on doing so. I'm in like the fourth level already, pretty deep in. Neo is almost like Ninja Gaiden Four. It, it's pretty much okay. when Ninja Gaiden One, Two, Three, Neo, Neo Two, and now this new one coming out. It's, gotcha. It just seems like the sequence of games, but they're <laughs> they're all phenomenal, and they're all made by the same people, and you can sort of tell. But None of them feel like weaker than the previous game or something like that. They just sort of change in styles a little bit. But you play Ninja Gaiden 1, original Xbox version. You play 3, you play Neo 2. They all still feel top tier 10 out of 10. Some of the best action games you'll ever play. But I'm really, really into this Ninja Gaiden 3. Once I beat that, what I'm going to do, because I already played 1 and 2 a while back so now i'm going to jump back into neo finish that then play neo 2 and and sort of work in that trajectory because these are i mean it's hard to find any better action games than these yo by the time you get to that game you're going to be all set if you're playing neo before that (laughs) (laughs) Um, good shape next here do you remember that alice madness game yes i'm saying madness return something like that yeah if it's not the same craters of that, I'd be really, really shocked. But this is an EA, um, one of those like independent games. What do they yes. call them? I forget. What they were called. like EA. Oh man, was it Originals or something? No, there it is. It's EA Originals. It? Originals, yeah, okay. It. It's another one of these, and man, it's so good. Well, they've all been good. Unravel was great. Yes, the, uh, a way out was great. Right, all of these have been really, really good games. This is the next one, and yep. this yep. game, man. First of all, looks. This is some of the best looking visuals I've ever seen in, in a game like this. It it looks, yeah, it looks it's great. totally like Tim Burton movie uh, visuals, but even more so. Like I guess just because of tech nowadays, you know, it can look even better than than those movies did. I'm so sucked in. Like visuals alone make me want to keep playing this game. But then as you keep going, you start realizing just how messed up and crazy and insane the story and world <laughs> is and. This game is really well designed. I'm, awesome. I love it. I love the characters. I love the story. It's just like super, super, super praise towards this. It's just another instant like knock out of the park EA original. They keep doing it. That's great. I, I mean, Dave, like you just mentioned, if I pull up all the originals, I've played most of them and they're they're all great. 
Like Unravel one and two were both really good. Yeah. A Way Out was awesome. It Takes Two was amazing. Uh, I played Faye and I really liked it too. I played that on Switch. Uh, I hit a wall in Xenoblade Chronicles 2 to where I really need to know the details on the first. I saw the first glimpse of it and I remember hitting this point before. I'm stopping. I'm jumping back to Xenoblade Chronicles 1, finishing it, and then going back to 2. So I'm getting real close to having both of those done. So in three hits, I, I do think I'm going to finish it in time. Okay, um, good. Because in one, I am very far along. I want to say I'm like three-fourths of the way done through the game. But I just always like Xenoblade Chronicles 2 more, which Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is a lot more in the style of 2 than it is in the style of 1. So I'm happy okay. with that personally. I know a lot okay. of people are on the opposite fence of that and prefer 1 over 2 greatly. But whatever, I'll be happy because uh, <laughs> I, I definitely prefer the second to the first. And th- 3 seems like a more trajectory um, right. towards that. And But in terms of story and all of that, three is basically merging one and two together is what it's trying to do. Okay. Well, it seems like they're taking the, the right feedback. You know, people seem to like uh, a certain way more than the other. Then why not? Why not go yeah. for that one? And uh, that will all do it for what we're playing, what we're watching. So I put main topic, the importance of Final Fantasy seven. And before I get started, um, I would love to hear, why you care about Final Fantasy VII. I know Final Fantasy VI is technically your favorite Final Fantasy, and everyone's right. going to have their favorite Final Fantasy. Of course. But let's more focusing on just Final Fantasy VII because a lot of stuff is coming out for it and all of that. And I really want to dive into Final Fantasy VII. Sure. Why it's, it's as important as what it is and why it's as great as what it is and why it's such a big deal to millions around the world and, and why that simple little trailer of... Oh, you see the back of Cloud and Barrett and everyone right. crying in the crowd, basically. Like, why is it so impactful? So just to be clear, yes, six is my favorite one, but I absolutely love Final Fantasy VII. It's one of my all-time favorite games. I bought the damn Soldier Edition that cost me <laughs> way too much money. So I'm definitely, uh, definitely went into it. I was definitely just like you, one of those people super into the reveal and you know so much excitement over what's coming and everything so i'm right there with you but this is great for me because i haven't played crisis core so i'm really happy that now that they're taking the events of that game a lot more and kind of you know using that to decide where to go next in the uh, in the remake that's great now i'll be able to play this um what this winter it sounds like it's coming out this year yeah. hopefully so i'm definitely gonna play that and i'll have more of the backstory right before rebirth drops I put Final Fantasy VII out of my mind for a while since we played it in 2020 just because, not because I forgot about it, but because I don't want to think about it because I just get too excited and it's not coming anytime soon. Well, well, well <laughs> re- remake aside and new material aside, what I wanted to f- further get to the point of Final Fantasy VII itself, the original I see, game, I see. why okay. does it hold importance to you? Yeah, so, so for me, it's because it was the first. I remember, I mean, when Final Fantasy VII came out, I must have been like eight years old or something like that. And so I remember my brother bringing Final Fantasy VII home and he had the PlayStation and I'd always watch him play games. And up until this point, I had only seen him play the like the 2D um, Final Fantasies. So when he came home with this one, popped it in and I see like, you know, for the time, incredible graphics. I could see Cloud's hair, his little block arms like, oh, my <laughs> God, this is so crazy. And as you all know, Final Fantasy VII starts like with a bang. I mean. That first, those first 20 minutes are like, 
the music starts pumping up. Um, him and Barrett are running down. Like all that stuff got me so excited. I was like, oh, this is gonna be an amazing game. And obviously, four seven released one through six. Yeah. They were all. Nintendo, all 2D. Super Nintendo, all 2D. This was yep. the first time we saw 3D, meaning when you go into a battle scene, for example, and you see a summon coming down, you yep. weren't able, yep. when you play it in 2D and it's just a little summon sprite, just kind of move over and do yeah. some little yeah. electric thing, and that's about it. Where this is like someone actually lifting up the ground and throwing right. it at you. And I remember the, the first moment that I was already impressed before this, but the first moment about, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes into the game is when you fight. Oh my god! What's that thing called? The machine that sh- fires all the rockets at you inside the reactor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I remember when I was when my brother like was fighting him. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember when my brother was fighting him? I'm like, I I can't believe this is real. I can't believe this is a real game. <laughs> this is so awesome. And man, it just got better and better and better. I played it multiple times. I did like everything you could like. I remember the second time I played the game, I was like, I want to do everything I can do this time. I got the gold chocobo Knights of the Round Table. Yeah. I didn't care how many times I watched that Knights of the Round Table. Every time I watched it, I was like, this it is, went so this long. Is the best. This is the it, best. So it, took, <laughs> it took so long. You couldn't skip it ever, but it was totally worth every time. Yeah. So for me, man, I've always, always, always had a special place for that game, especially some of the characters. And I know you kind of felt this way about like Vincent and stuff. Some yeah. of the side characters that you didn't even have to get were some of my favorites. I was like, these characters like knowing that these characters exist in a video game and not like a tv show or movie it's like Mm -hmm. man whoever made Mm -hmm. this is like a genius or something you know so and i I played it again i think before remake came out i tried to go back and play it again and i was enjoying it i just ran out of time because remake came out but yeah always always have loved that game man so i'm all for it and the other final fantasies are that came after it some of them have been really good, but seven has always still been my favorite one from that 3D era, you know? I was really dwelling on last night. I was thinking about why, what, what separates seven from the rest? Because all of them, like, you know, like they can have a really good combat system. They can have a really good, like, characters in it. Like, Fantasy 10, I really enjoyed the characters. I really enjoyed the story, sure. all of that. But it just doesn't hit the same. And it's like, I know. I and Fantasy 7, okay, so for, for me, it's far beyond just a video game. This is my favorite piece of media to exist, whether it's a sure. whether it's a, a book, a, a TV show, a movie, whatever. Any form of media that exists, this is what's most important to me is this particular game, Final Fantasy VII. And over anything, it's because of the characters. Like, the amount of interwoven paths that each of these characters take, whether it's even before the game technically takes place and it's a and we get to see moments of it through like um cut scenes of the past or flashbacks or whatever or whether it's just eventually meeting them like the fact that yuffie has all this stuff going on with wutai and everything and everyone thinking that wutai has some influence on avalanche because that's what they used to be called is some avalanche group inside but all avalanche really is is just a group with barrett and tifa and biggs and wedge just sort of almost like their own little tiny group trying to screw over Shinra, but everyone's thinking it's Wu-Tai and they're creating wars with them over something they're not even really doing. And there's all there's, they take such a tiny moment with a few characters and somehow make it affect the entire world around them. And they're really, really good about showing the importance of every individual person and their role into the bigger picture of it all. And it's hard for me to think about another piece of media that does it that well. And if, and, and to make even you as the player, like 
So Cloud, when you start the game, you think Cloud's just this badass and he was like first class soldier and all mm-hmm. this. And he comes in right from the get go as the hero and anything that he faces, he's pretty much wrecking and everyone feels safe as long as Cloud is there with him. But we don't know previous, which we're about to find out if you haven't played Crisis Core, because we're getting the remake here. All of that, he pretty much just lied to everybody on who he was, what he even was about. He was nothing. And he's now playing pretend as if he was this ex-first class soldier. And he wasn't. I don't want to go too much detail playing Crisis Core. But to know that three-fourths of the game even you playing the video game are, are, I mean, what do you mean? I've been playing cloud for 30, 40 hours. I, I get him. I get what's going on. And then it all flips on his head and you realize yeah. he isn't who he says he was this entire time. And, and that's, that's the main character that, that doesn't even go into what I was saying before with Kate Sith of double trying to double cross you. That isn't going into Sephiroth himself where you actually start to feel bad for Sephiroth, especially when you play crisis core, like in crisis core, he's the good guy and he actually is good. He's good all the way until the Nebelheim moment, which let's get into. So Final Fantasy seven rebirth, when they showed footage of this part two, basically remake the cloud and Sephiroth walking and everyone's like, Whoa, Whoa, this is like new. Fo-. No, this is all this is, is when, at the end of the first remake, you walk to Calm. It's the first town you enter, right? right? And then Cloud is telling the story of him and Sephiroth and all of that and when everything went bad. So when this trailer starts, all that is, is that's the memories of Cloud and Sephiroth walking through the forest with the bridge there going to the Mako reactor. And that's when Tifa and her dad and all that. That's all of that showing being shown. So I don't know if you knew that or not, but no, yeah. The importance of even the main villain of the game, understanding all of the interweaving in and outs and re- really being able to understand each character through and through. I've never felt so attached because I never gotten so much detail on all of these characters, but somehow told in a way that kept my interest and didn't overburden me. A lot of stuff will just unload everything. It'll be like three pages of information on this person's past. In this game, you just see bits and pieces as you play. You know, you don't get the full picture right from the get-go. The game will even lie to you. Uh, Vincent, like, he's a total optional character. He's no one you could even technically have in your party if you don't do certain things. But even the depth of him, he's like <laughs> Sephiroth's stepfather, if you want to even go that far, of like his, his love for Lucrezia, which is technically Sephiroth's mother, and basically Hojo going into all of that mess and creating something and Vincent being torn apart by his love of uh, Lucrezia and everything going to crap there. And there's so many details that you technically could even miss, like, uh, Dark Souls is really good about this too. And, and, and any from software game, they're always good about like, you could play, replay it. And by the fourth time, oh, yeah. and you get new context to a situation and it just blow your mind. Wait, I didn't know this was happening with this character or this situation. I didn't realize it went down like this. And it's only after playing it so many times and you can always get new stuff. The more you play through the game and the more you learn. And, I don't know. It's just, I think that's why it's important to me is the characters are so 
I feel like I grew up with it my entire life. I, of course, I, yeah. Since I was a kid till now, I'm still caring about these same characters I've been caring about this whole time. And I still have much, much more to learn. And I want to learn even more. Right. And right. the fact that it's still going on after all this time and we're still getting new material for this. 25 years later. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, that's that's why it's important to me. And I, I see a lot of videos like I was I was YouTubing last night on like, why is Final Fantasy seven the greatest game ever and stuff like that. And a lot of right. people are saying they don't know how to describe it because any other video game, you know, we're looking at it through critical eyes like we're viewing it. It's like, OK, here's the combat system. Here are the graphics. Here's the sound. Da, 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 and we can break it all down and all that. Mm hmm. I can't really, if I do that with Final Fantasy VII, I, I can't really do that. I, I kind of, I almost, I always dodge this part of the conversation because I'm like, Final Fantasy VII to me is far more important than these aspects that make a video game. I totally get what you're saying, but I think there are some things in Final Fantasy VII that really, like, okay, like the material system, that was huge at that time. Oh, you know? it's, I, all, I it's all great. It's yeah, not, I'm not saying it's even bad. It's all good. It's somehow no, I know, just I know. Um, even the sum of all the parts don't make like any right, other right, video right. game. I'm breaking it all down and I'm giving an overall sort of whether I scored or not, just sort of like giving my take on everything. But with Final Fantasy VII, I don't know how to give an overall right. take to a person talking one video game to another. Like it's just any other JRPG even like tells where rise. I thought it's great. And we can sit there and discuss the good, the sure. bad and all of that. But with sure. Final Fantasy VII, I can't have that same discussion. I'm, I'm too close to it. I, I've it's, it's, it's more than a video game to me. Yeah. It's, it's the sum of all its parts just make for such a like incredible game. I just, they just do so many different things very well, put them all together. Cause there's games that do things better than Final Fantasy VII, yeah. obviously, but man, it's just, I don't know the combination of everything, the story, the characters, the music, the, the combat system. I mean, all those things you together. You can hear a single track. Oh yeah. From a moment in the game and it's going to bring back a million emotions right. and take you right. back to like, as if you lived it, like, <laughs> like you hear a song and it takes you back 20 years ago or 10 years ago to this moment that took place. And right. it's like, wow, right. how can this have such a hold on me still? Uh, what I like about the game so much too, is it can go from uh, like suspense to like a thriller to funny yeah. To like, like, oh, or even like scary, you know, when you see, for example, when you're in like that prison and you see a lot of blood mm -hmm, and then, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. like they just, they just go all over the place, but it just flows. I don't know, man. It's just, it's just really impressive. So I, I've seen interviews with the creators being like, man, even us creating it, we had no idea this was going to happen. Like, yeah, in terms yeah. of even them being like, yeah, this is far greater than I was even trying to do. <laughs> it just, it just sort of happened. And it's like lightning in a bottle. And yeah, it's like, there's nothing really like it. Even if you do the exact same genre of game, you have really good writing, blah, 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 blah. And there's a lot of phenomenal video games. I love video games. I can, I can praise, you know, 30 amazing JRPGs and all of that, but none of them, it's important to me as this because this is kind of beyond that. This is more of like, I don't, and I wish I could just know why I wish I could say it in words to get people to understand what makes this different than the rest. And it's, it's hard to put into words, but yeah, I've got, 
you know what another example I just thought of that I'm sure everyone's most people are aware of is just think of like the golden saucer, right? Like I remember that music playing the golden saucer. I can yeah. hear that music and I can remember me racing chocobos or going to do the like the 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 gambling and all this stuff. Like, man, it's just they know how to do settings so well. It's, it's just, almost like you're remembering you as a kid going to Disney World and having these memories on like, oh my God, remember what this world? I did this and I did that. But it's all somehow memories of just you playing this Final Fantasy VII, but they seem to have that much of an impact, like as if you were there as a kid doing those same things. Yeah, yeah. What it does, at least for me in my head, it, it, it's somehow that impactful as if it was like me there. But awesome. The announcements they, they had here is Final Fantasy VII Anniversary Celebration is what they called it. And they announced Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrate is on Steam now. It has full Steam Deck support, so that's cool. They announced Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion. It will launch this winter on PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X and X, Xbox One, Steam, and Nintendo Switch. That's really cool. cool. And then Final Fantasy VII Rebirth got announced, and they showed a slight teaser for the rpg showing cloud and seth roth traversing an area that is sure to be familiar to fans of the original Final Fantasy 7 and for those who are joining the party for the first time with Final Fantasy 7 remake well no spoilers here they're saying what i was saying hey that's 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 the nibelheim scene and uh they're not wanting to straight say that but i won't say anything more than that i'm not going to tell you what happened there but the Final Fantasy 7 rebirth part with cloud and sephiroth walking that it that did happen in the original sure. game Crisis Core, the fact that you didn't play that in Crisis Core, what's wild too is that's almost just as good as the original game in terms of quality. It's a fantastic, I mean, it's easily the best PSP game. Can't wait. I'm surprised at how good it, this, I guess, remaster remake, it kind of rides that line because it, it looks so far. It's not the original assets. Like, if you were to, like, there's videos of them, like, playing side by side the original to, to the new. And it's like, no, that's a completely new wall texture. No, that's completely new. Like, I wonder how much of the original assets are using and how much the thing, but the every word is word for word of the original. Every beat is beat for beat of the original. They are changing nothing with this, which I like, uh, but they're just making it look way better. But they're not, it's not like they're just up in a monster. It's almost like a new monster design. It's like, a, it's, like it's new environment design. It's everything. Very uh, cool. Very stoked. But yeah, that comes out later this year. And um, I think out of everything here, uh, one more thing, Final Fantasy Ever Crisis. This is what I'm kind of more excited about than anything else, depending on what they do with it. And it gets really weird. If they nail this and do what they should do and like execute it well, this will be my favorite bit because they're going over Final Fantasy VII Original, but it's the full game. Plus, they're adding Crisis Core material. So you play through that. You play through the original game. You play through Dirge of Serbia stuff. You play through Advent Children stuff. You play through... I think that's it. I don't know. I don't think there's anything else. But you play through all of the material. Oh, there was a cell phone game that they released when it comes to the mm. uh, the Turks. And so you're going to gotcha. get that material as well. But any material Final Fantasy VII they ever created, they're throwing it all into one game. And they're doing it with static backgrounds, just like the original Final Fantasy VII. But the characters look better. And I don't know if you saw any of it, but I, think it, looks, it. I think it looks phenomenal. The problem is, is I just hope they don't like shorten it. They hope it's not just like a highlighted scene here, a highlighted scene there. I, I want the full game 
scene for scene the whole way through, and it takes me 40 hours just to beat the original Final Fantasy VII, whatever. I hope it's not just going through major beats, and that's what right. the game is. So right. that's, I don't know. I don't know. But if it yeah, is the full game, this is going to be huge for me. So, um, And then we get over New Game Watch, and that'll do it for this week. Um, deliver Us to the Moon, PS5, Xbox Series X, and S, June 23rd. Naruka Blade Point. That's yes. that. <laughs> that's the game I was saying. That mobile <laughs> port. Xbox Series X and S, June twenty third. Sonic <laughs> Origins. PS. I don't know what to think on Sonic Origins. I don't know either. I think I'm gonna pass on it for now. Yeah. And then apparently the music. They weren't able to get all the music from Sonic Three, which is oh boy. Uh, Capcom Fighting Collection. PS4, Xbox One, PC, Switch, June twenty fourth. Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes. I'm gonna pass on this. June 24th. Madison yeah. PS5 Xbox Series X and S PS4 Switch PC. June 24th. Disguise Six Complete. I'm gonna pass on this, even though I like Disguise. I just got too many better things to play. Yeah. PS5 PS4 PC. June 28th. DNF Duel. This is kind of cool. This is that Riot Games with League of Legends characters, a fighting game. PS5 PS4 PC. June 28th. Escape Academy. All platforms but Switch, June 28th. Phobia, Saint, Defina Hotel, all platforms, June 28th. MX First, ATV Legends. Apparently, that's big for a lot of people. I don't care about them. June 28th. There it is. I think this is, I mean, from what I can tell, this is going to be a little bit of a slow period for a while, right? Like, I think I usually write down in my phone any games, you know, that I'm looking forward to. And really, all I have for. Let's see, from now until September, I got Cuphead, what, next week? That'll be a quick, you know, yeah. I'm assuming, what, five or it's six a hour few hours? Yeah. Uh, Stray, which looks phenomenal. Really excited about that. I don't think it's going to be a very long game either. And then I have Live Alive, which I know is a longer game. And then that's it until September. I don't have anything. So unless we start getting some big things, I think this summer is going to be <laughs> all about playing through some games that I'm still working on. So Yeah, this year has been pretty dry now end of the year it's going to pick up a lot and then 2023 i guess everything under the sun is coming out in 2023 yes yes 2023 (laughs) is going to be nuts man is it possible now we know hollow knight has to come out by june 2023 right yeah is it possible that we get hollow knight in the next six months or are we thinking the second half of the year the second half of that one year time period Okay, well, here's the trailer right here. I'm going to go to the very yeah, end. Yeah, check it out. Go ahead. It doesn't say a year. Okay. I guess, yeah. <sighs> I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Let's see. When was Hollow Knight first announced? No, that was Silk Song. Come on. When was the first one announced? Oh, uh, Shadowrun Trilogy. All the remasters of those, they dropped on Game Pass, so you can play those now. Oh, okay. That's pretty cool. Plan to release Hollow Knight, but they kept adding more and more. They kept pushing it back. Oh, so it must have been announced a while before that. Well, anyway, I can't find the answer, but yeah. it looks like... Um, I'm going to say 2023 just to not get my hopes up. So. Yeah, that's probably a safe bet. <laughs> anyway, that's all Maybe I got Maybe they today, do man. a whole um, end of the year awards, and it's like, drops now. Oh, man, that would be so cool. <laughs> That'd be great. All right, all right, well... That's it for this week. I'll uh, see you guys. I'm, oh, I'm so happy about Final Fantasy VII stuff. Coming. God, that's amazing. Listen, so I might as well mention while we're on the podcast. Next Saturday, I'm leaving until the following Sunday. 
Saturday. I'm, we're so gonna have to miss the next one through third. I'll be okay. back the third. Yep. So okay. for the third though, I can do that next day probably. Right? We can record yeah. something for that week. Yeah. So okay. then, so I'll so, just miss this next one. Yeah. I'm assuming. Okay. 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 Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't see any way around. <laughs> That's good. What What are you doing? Cruise, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going on a cruise. Leaving on Saturday. Pretty excited. So I've never been on a cruise, only because I'm a big baby and I'm scared of oh, cruises. Man. Dude, I'll have to. Okay. Next <laughs> Next episode we do, I'll have to. The intro will be me convincing you why you should, you should try a cruise one time and, and you'll love it. I'm telling you. <laughs> all right. <laughs> but, all right. That's it, man. Have Hopefully, a good one, I secretly get my Steam Deck email. Oh man! Imagine I come back and you're like, "Check this out!" Oh man, <laughs> that'd be sweet. All you right. get the e- you get the email on Sunday while I'm gone, then it gets shipped to you, and you get it on like Friday before I get back. There you go. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Thank you for speaking it into existence. Yes. Yes.